Well, hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the One Prez Pod. We are back in business for the month of August. This is our second recording, and it is once again Ram and Rigo ask a question. Welcome that back, does, guys. That sounds real. I like that. Ram yeah. and Rigo. It's yeah, snack. It's yeah. We're going to open a merch store, I think. Hard <laughs> Wait, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's a drink, too. <laughs> Ram and Rigo. It's the curry place. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's also a curry place. It's like rest and relaxation. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Ram and Rigo asked the question. Well, this is my favorite time of the week. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited that we're, we're actually recording. Can we say we're recording or is it a secret location? No, I think we can say, because then we can blame it if the audio's bad. True, <laughs> true. Go. We're actually at the mill. We're at the mill at the bakery district, our co-working space, and we're inside one of the huddle rooms. I was going to tell you guys just a brief little uh, history of this room. Uh, I pushed really hard for it to be called the fishbowl. I really wanted it to be called the, the fishbowl. Uh, we're going to call it red fish, blue fish. I, I don't know what happened, but that would have been great, right? I mean, it would have been. It looks like a fishbowl. People yes. walk by, you can do the fish face. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it screams. Yes. We're, we're getting a lot of quizzical looks as people go by. <laughs> yeah, can we go do that thing on the glass where we yeah, like exactly. slip out our cheeks? Like, I think every kid has done that. That's great. Uh, well, I do I have a question this week. Um, it is pertaining to words. I am a, I'm a man of of lots of words. I don't know if I've told a man you. of letters. Man, man of lots of letters. I, I I told everyone I have all the words. I just get them in the wrong order. Uh, but I, do, <laughs> I don't all the time get them where they should go. But I'm working on that. So, but I have done a great deal of uh, time here very recently, just writing a lot of words, reading a lot more. I have found that the more I read, the better writer it makes me. Imagine yeah. that. And then I hear from Sarah that Stephen King said that, that yep. to become a better writer, become more of a reader. So anyway, I, in my reading, I you know run across lots of um, spiritual things, faith, things about faith. You've given mm-hmm. me some books over the years that I've read. Uh, and I think really my question this week gets down to the beauty of language, gets down to the beauty of words. And then this was dropped in my lap today. This is uh, was given to me by Miss Patty Kimbrough, mm-hmm. color coach Patty from the Good Samaritan Clinic. Uh, this is a little book that was in a little swag bag that she gave me. I've actually not seen it. It's the life and teachings of the Jesus of Jesus of Nazareth. It's for writers named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We were just talking about this last week. Uh, the key events of Jesus's life on earth in the four books called the Gospels and a word meaning good news. The following account of Jesus's life and teachings combines selections from the four Gospels into one continuous mm-hmm. story. So I have not actually seen something like that pieced together. And my question is, does this not allow or open up for some real creative works, some real creative expounding, some real additions on things, and then it kind of makes me wonder on how things were written over time and how that maybe didn't happen. How how did the beauty of language mm-hmm. and the beauty of man's creative mind mm-hmm. not change the story? And then when I see things like this, it's almost, it's probably in order, maybe it's not, but then I think about sermons sometimes that you guys do, that sometimes you'll kind of reference something in mm-hmm. Romans that you, I love it when you do that because it kind of makes it make sense. And is that essentially what those things do? And is that the better way to understand the Bible? Well, this is an interesting question. I've never considered this. Mm-hmm. Have you Have you ever read anything other than just Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Have you ever read like anything like this, Jared? Uh, as far as like a sort like of like a like a compilation or anything mm-hmm. like that? Uh, no, no, no. Just a few different yep. you know, translations of the existing uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. canon of the Bible. Yeah. But does it make sense what I'm saying? Yes. That it kind of does leave yep. open the... Uh... Well, let me ask you guys this. I mean, 
you're a theater guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you like theater? I do not. I attend. You attend, right? <laughs> um, take something like Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm -hmm. Have you seen Jesus Christ mm -hmm. Superstar? Mm -hmm. I've seen it. You've seen mm -hmm. it. Many people have seen it. Does that, and this is a question, I'm not leading to an answer. Did that help you in your faith or thinking about Jesus in no. any way? No? I don't know help is there right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. I don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just took it as mm -hmm. what it was. Mm -hmm. Is it just yeah. an entertaining? I yeah. Mean, yeah. I think the thing that, if I'm understanding the spirit of your question correctly, you know, it, it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, what is what is left for us in the Bible, you know, is an account almost entirely, if I'm not mistaken, of you know Jesus's adult life mm -hmm. and adult ministry on Earth, and so you know. There's a few decades of his, you know, childhood, mm -hmm. teenage years, etc., that is not expounded upon in the Bible. Right. And so, I could understand from uh, uh, the standpoint of uh, literary works and creativity mm -hmm. and um, just affection for a subject matter, like an artist or a writer or a poet or, or a theatrical producer, uh, playwright, coming up with, you know, a story that they've come up with about what they believe could have happened mm -hmm. or what his life could have been like. Um, and I don't think, personally, I don't believe that there's any um, flaws or anything wrong with that kind of art. Um, but I, I leave sort of the, you know, the salvic mm -hmm. <laughs> faith-based mm -hmm. uh, component to, mm -hmm. you know, the gospel. Keep it in the right stuff. Keep it in the Bible. Kind of thing. Yeah. But I think some people really some people out there probably really do have a hostility to that sort of, you know, speculative... Well, it depends on what it is, right? Like, I've never heard anybody get wound up about the, the um, Jesus Christ Superstar, although I'm sure there are people did. Yeah. But I've heard people get wound up about uh, The Last Temptation of Christ. Is that Scorsese? Yes, yeah. where Jesus and Mary Magdalene were married. Mm -hmm. And then I've also heard people get wound up about the life of Brian. So the Monty Python classic. So I mean, it, it it appears there is some sort of line, but then I didn't hear a lot of people get wound up about the passion of the Christ. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you could theologically quibble with any of those, right? Like, you can certainly quibble with with Jesus Christ Superstar's take on uh, on Judas. Mm -hmm. Um, with the passion of Christ, you can certainly, it's not, I mean, Gibson manipulated scripture and put some things in Jesus's mouth from other parts of the Bible and certainly maybe overemphasized the suffering element um, without the grace element. Like you could make, I mean, an obviously last temptation of Christ. I mean, I don't know why anybody got upset about life of Brian, but whatever. I mean, it was the seventies, I guess people had, whatever. Anyway, what were you going to say, Jared? Well, but isn't, and maybe this is a fine-grained distinction, but isn't it to really have a, it would seem to me that a theological objection uh -huh. to some level, and perhaps I'm being pedantic, requires a balancing on the other end in the sense of, is the work a fiction mm -hmm. purporting to right. itself be What's theological. Yes, yes. You know, you can mm -hmm. you can say, I mean, I guess one way to say theological objection is, hey, just want to remind everybody out there that this stuff is not in the Bible. Right. But there's a part of me that says, 
Well, yeah. If the creator of, of the uh -huh. fictional work is yeah. not claiming that this uh -huh. is, you know, I've founded uh -huh. something secret right. and you should believe this also. And I, you know, it's, it's just interesting mm -hmm. what uh, what people find hot button versus what they don't, and what gets. Well, and it's always it's always been a debate in Christianity because, like, the church split in the ninth century over icons. Mm -hmm. Um, so like those, like we think of them as Eastern European, you can Google and you'll see what I mean if you're not familiar with icons, but it's basically uh, images of various Bible stories um, and having those be venerated, right? So um, you'll see this if you go to like a Roman Catholic church today and they have like the Stations of the Cross and during Holy Week they will walk through those Stations of the Cross on, on Good Friday and there's a veneration of those, those images in some ways. Um, and that's been that's been controversial for like the role that an image plays in the Christian faith has been controversial for 1300 years I mean in Islam it's still quite controversial I mean like an image of the Prophet Muhammad is something sure. that will get people in a lot of trouble sure. um, so this is not your question about like creativity is it kind of about yeah. creativity mm -hmm. in faith it's not the things that I can right. really almost feel like that you can like is there such thing as a little quick hit bible oh, like yeah. here's my little quick hit mm -hmm. let me pull this out which mm -hmm. um is that the way it should be consumed type mm -hmm. situation the gideon bible is just a little piece of this the new mm -hmm. testament and this and you know things like this book here mm -hmm. I, I don't know i guess I guess if the message is clear and, and the message is not incorrect mm -hmm. and it follows the same pattern as, as the, the big book, as, as the Bible, I guess that it's fine. Um, but I think what I've also learned too is I read a little bit of this and it's, you know, and it's very, you know, I can kind of reference it back to where it's picking it up from the Bible. A lot of the words, back to what I was talking about words, it's really funny how uh, your mood sure does make that word it seemed like a different word uh -huh. and my mood's a little bit different, you know, yeah. and, I, and I, it's just fascinating. It's kind of like listening to a song that I grew up listening to in the 90s, going back at 43 and reading the lyrics right. going, my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that is not the song I was singing out yeah. loud, but it sure was. So I sometimes get that from, from, from the Bible. Well, I, I think, you know, we talked a little bit about context last week. I mean, I think to the point you're just saying, you know, what occurs to me is that there are probably some things, uh, you know, that uh, that can be pulled and stand on their own from the Bible or from the Gospels, where the context would provide a greater, you know, mm -hmm. enrichment or a depth of understanding. But I mean, I would posit that you could just read the Sermon on the Mount, you know, right mm -hmm. from the Gospel, right. and receive lots of good from it context would enrich it and then there are things like we talked about last week where um you know with jesus you know uh, mm -hmm. saying to withhold and uh, don't tell people about this where context is essential and if yeah. you read it without context you're you're at best lost and at worst you know mm -hmm. sort of misusing or misunderstanding mm -hmm. something so i think to your question I, I think there probably are things that you can read mm -hmm. sort of lifted out that stand on their own in mm -hmm. leaflets or pamphlets mm -hmm. or what have you but context is really helpful with a lot well, of other stuff. right and so the other thing too uh not to get all weird about our conversation but the simple notion that the way you will enrich your faith is through reading is relatively novel mm. in the history of christianity 
and came about because of the Reformation and the printing press. Most Christians who've ever lived were illiterate, right? So this the idea that your faith is going to be structured and built around what you can read is a, is a relatively new idea in, in the history of Christianity. Historically, your faith was built around what someone else told you about what they had read. And they either told you that through words, they told you that through song, they told you that through liturgy, like, like in the mass, the, the communion liturgy, and they told you that through art, right? So, so that's, that's historically how a person, the, the modes of faith formation that have been available to most Christians. So I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I think anything that leads, you just have to make sure that you're not getting, and I think this goes to your point, Jared, led away from, and we were talking about last week, the main thing, right? Um, you know, like, the, like Thomas Jefferson is famous for like going through and cutting up the Gospels and making his own kind of New Testament. And removing his own the miraculous He did. He removed right. all the miraculous elements because he was hyper-rational. He could not reconcile those with his view of the world, and he cut them out. Um, you know, would I do that? No, probably not. Um, if one of my congregation members said they had done that, I, I would think, well, that's interesting. We should probably talk about that. Um, so it, I guess it depends on what's getting cut and what's getting included. Like, what if you put something together where it's just the passages where Jesus is angry, right? Because like, you wanted to scare people into belief and you, you, you put those in there. Like that, you got to be a little careful. The church constructed the Bible over centuries and I believe in conversation with the Holy Spirit for a reason. There's a whole bunch of books that didn't make it. Um, and, and we have what we have for a reason. And I feel like you want to be a little careful of, of building too much of your house on any other foundation. Yeah. So that's right. I don't know, but I do think it's an interesting question. And I think, and I think art, even though this wasn't your direct question, I think art plays kind of an important role in it. It always has. Mm -hmm. So, like, if if a painting or if a play uh, kind of intrigues you or, or gets you interested, I think that's a good thing. I think one thing, uh, like, kind of like this book here. Um, sometimes I feel like that I had I had several of these, and I had the uh, I had the Christmas Jesus pocketbook, yeah. I had the Easter Jesus yeah. pocketbook. I had. You know, and then this was my, this is how I'm going to get someone to come to church with me now because I'm going to show them. All right, you know, let me tell you about the Christmas Jesus. And I, it's not, there's not multiple Jesuses. There's not multiple right. guys. And it's like, to me, taking it in as a whole, taking it in. But then again, that's so hard to digest. Like you, you, you get someone that doesn't read the Bible as often as maybe mm -hmm. me. And I don't read the Bible that often, but then I'm expected to take that thing and really go, it's kind of nice to have a little... Yeah, a little cheat sheet. A little right? cheat sheet for Christmas. Um, Christmas Jesus yeah. Bible. So, yep. anyway. Yep. Okay, great. Yep. Well, uh, I, I feel enlightened. Yeah. I, I'm enlightened this week, fellas. Ram and Rigo has a, has a ring to it. Yes. Ram and Rigo ask a question. It's the One Prez Pod live from the mill at the Bakery District. We'll be back next week again. Again. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. See you soon. See you Bye, guys. everybody.